Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Our question for this half hour is, just what does the Bible teach about the devil? Here's a liberal pastor, and he says in his sermon, I don't believe in a literal devil. And a parishioner came up after the sermon and said, Pastor, you should try fighting him for once. You'll find out if he's there. Sadly, in many of our liberal mainline churches, they don't believe in the devil anymore. He's got them right where he wants them. And D.L. Moody, famous evangelist from many years ago, said, quote, I believe Satan to exist for two reasons. Number one, the Bible says so. And number two, I've done business with him. So what does the Bible teach about the devil? Nowhere in the Bible does it say he has horns or that he's red or that he's got a tail or a pitchfork, but that there is a, an evil personality, real, called the devil. We're going to find out that's, that's the truth. So let's pray first. Father, we want to pray. It just seems that the devil is having his way with the United States. He's having his way with uh, some of the churches in America. Lord, we would pray now your Holy Spirit would teach us who the devil is and how we can protect ourselves from him. Speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What does the Bible say about the devil? Well, the Bible uses two different words for the devil. The first word is Satan, Satanas in the Greek. The word Satan literally means the adversary. He's the foe. He's the enemy of God and man. That's the word Satan. But there's a second word in Greek New Testament for the devil, diabolos, from which we get diabolic. It's the word devil. And the word devil means the slanderer. So the devil is two things. He's the foe of everyone, and he's also the slanderer. He slanders God. He slanders the church. He likes to lie. Next thing the Bible teaches, Satan is finite. Let me explain this. Some religions believe in what's called eternal dualism, that two things, God and the devil, are eternal. Christians say no. We are eternal monus. Mon means one. Only one thing is eternal, God. Everything else is finite and created. So if somebody were to ask, who created the devil? What's the answer to that? Well, the answer is Satan was created by God. Now, I know that that sounds funny because why would our good God create the devil? And the theory is that God created Satan, a high angel, and then Satan rebelled and became the devil. That's a theory. I think it's a good theory, but it is a theory because the Bible never clearly explains where the devil came from. He just shows up in the garden. But obviously, in some sense, he was created by God because God created everything and only God is infinite. Next thing the Bible teaches about the devil, Satan is limited. 
Some people think Satan is omniscient, that he knows everything. No, only God is omniscient. Some people think Satan is omnipresent, that he exists everywhere. No, only God is omnipresent. Some people think Satan is omnipotent, that he can do anything. No, only God is omnipotent. Satan is limited. I mean, if Satan knows everything, do you think he would have put it in the heart of Judas to betray the Christ? if he would have known that through the cross Jesus would save the world? I don't think Satan would have done that. Satan is limited. He's also limited in what he can do in our lives. Remember the first three chapters of Job? Satan wants to attack Job. But first he has to go before the throne of God to get permission. And God says, okay, Satan, you can do this to Job, but no further. And God pulls the leash back. And the next chapter, okay, Satan, you can do this much to Job, but no further. And And so Satan is limited. He's on a leash. He can't do whatever he wants. God is in control, ultimately. Next thing the Bible teaches. Satan can be used by God for God's good purposes. If you read in 2 Corinthians 12... The Apostle Paul says that he saw heaven, but to keep himself humble, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Three times I said, God, please take this away. God said, no, my power is made perfect in weakness. And God used the thorn, a messenger of Satan. We don't know what the thorn was, but God used something from the devil to keep Paul humble. You know, I I will tell you, I've, I've had back problems now for months. Now, is that from the devil? I don't know, but I think God uses stuff like that. When I'm in pain, I pray in a lot. I'm closer to the Lord. I don't sin so much when I'm in pain. God can use all things, even the devil, for his good purposes. Next thing the Bible says about the devil, Satan is the prince of this world, Jesus said. Uh, Satan's kind of running things. Another way the Bible puts it, Satan is the God, small g, Satan is the God of this world who blinds people. Now, in a sense then, Satan is running planet Earth. I mean, I, when, when I was younger, I used to enjoy watching the Oscars. It's become so filthy. Last year, it was Ellen from the Ellen Show where she promotes her lesbianism a lot. This year, it's Neil Patrick Harris, a homosexual. I mean, do you think Hollywood's got an agenda? I think Hollywood is run by the devil. I think a lot of our newspapers and the media and even some of our churches these days are run by the devil. Jesus said Satan is the prince of this world. He's the god of this world, small g. I would maintain, though, He's not the God, capital G, of this world. Satan has influence. I, I had a big argument with a fellow pastor last about a week ago, and this pastor believes Satan runs everything, and that God will come eventually, but Satan, and I said, no, he said, well, when, remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Satan said, bow down and worship me, Jesus, and I'll give you the world because it's been delivered to me. So see, Satan runs the world. And I said to this pastor, Satan was lying. <laughs> Satan doesn't run the world. God runs the world. Do you think if Jesus would have gotten on his knees, Satan would have given him the world? I don't think so. So, yes, Satan is in control in a good degree over this planet, but the God, capital G, can override Satan anytime he wants because he ultimately rules. Next fact about the devil. Satan lies and deceives. Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. I think about abortion in our world. I think now about homosexual marriage. I think of premarital sex, all the pornography in America. Satan has been lying to America, and in America we've just been swallowing lie after lie after lie.
Next thing the Bible says, unbelievers are under Satan's power. You know, when an unbeliever says, I can't stop sinning, there's some truth in that. I, I think if, if you are not attached to Jesus Christ, you don't have power over sin or the devil. You need Jesus to give you power over sin. You know, somebody asked me uh, a while ago, is it proper to say that we're all children of God? You hear that a lot. Everybody's a child of God. No, we're not. We're children of the devil. Jesus said this to the Pharisees in, in the Gospel of John. Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. Paul teaches we're all start out as children of wrath. When we come to this world with our original sin that we inherited from Adam and Eve, we're all born sinners. We start out as children of the devil. We become children of God when we put our faith in Christ. So is everybody a child of God? We're all creatures of God, but is everybody a child of God? You only become a child of God through faith in Jesus. Next thing the Bible says about the devil, Satan can cause disease. Jesus heals this woman who had been bent over for 18 years, and Jesus said, Satan bound this woman for 18 years. So sometimes when you're sick, the devil does have a hand in it. But there are some churches, they tend to be the more charismatic churches, some, not all, but some of the charismatic churches teach all diseases from the devil. That's not true. Who was it that hit the, the Egyptians with the boils? It wasn't the devil that did that. It was God that did that in the book of Exodus. Who is it that in, in, in 1 Corinthians 11 was, was making the Corinthians sick and die because they were getting on, drunk on Holy Communion? God is the one who did that. Who is it in the book of Acts that hit King Herod with, with uh, that struck King Herod and he died and was eaten by worms? It says the angel of the Lord struck Herod, not the devil. So it's overkill to say all diseases from the devil. Sometimes God steps in and does it. Nevertheless, sometimes in the New Testament, there are a couple places I can think of where Satan had a hand in it. Next thing the Bible teaches, Satan inspires people to sin. Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going to die on the cross. Peter says, no, no, you're not, not with me. You know, and, and Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because Satan was using Peter to try to get Jesus away from the cross. You've got in Luke chapter 22, it says, Satan filled Judas' heart to betray the Christ. You've got in Acts chapter 5, Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to God? So Satan inspires people to sin. Having said that, though, Satan can't make you sin as a Christian. Remember many years ago, if you're older like me, there was a, the Flip Wilson show, and Flip Wilson would put on a dress and become Geraldine, this kind of uh, loose woman, and he'd wear a skimpy dress, and Flip Wilson would say, the devil made me wear this dress. And, it, and the, th the thought, though, is, you cannot blame the devil when you sin. If you're a Christian and you put your faith in Christ, you have power over the devil. Jesus has broken the power of the devil for you. If you as a Christian sin now, it's not because you, you had to, it's because you chose to. Next teaching on the devil. Satan works through people. You know, normally Satan doesn't use his supernatural power and just boldly do something. He's sneaky. He's a snake. He just subtly works through people. You know, somebody emailed me this question. Does Satan ever work through a Christian? 
And sadly, I think the answer is yes. In fact, Satan works hardest, I think, inside the church. Satan already owns the world. If he can get the church messed up, my, does he have a victory. I'm thinking of the ELCA Lutheran Bishop of Minneapolis, who a couple summers ago went to the state fair, and this Lutheran bishop with a collar on at the state fair spoke against the marriage amendment that would have kept marriage one man, one woman in Minnesota. She was against that, and now we have gay marriage in Minnesota. Satan can use people inside the church to do his, his dirty work. Next teaching about the devil. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. You know, you might have an angel float into your bedroom tonight, and it might really be an angel, but it also could be a demon or the devil masquerading as an angel, because Satan has the power to masquerade as an angel of light. It says that in, in 2 Corinthians 11. Next thing the Bible says about the devil, Satan has apostles. The word apostle means sent one, and just like Jesus sent out the 12 apostles, Satan, according to the Bible, also has apostles. When I see the Jehovah's Witnesses going door to door, when I see the Mormons on their bicycles, uh, I pray for these people, and I know that they're sincere, but I think they're apostles of a wrong religion that's hurting people. I, uh, I always pray before I get on the airplane. Lord, maybe if it's your will, put me next to somebody that I can share the gospel with. I'm flying to Italy. It's an eight-hour flight. I sit down on the plane, and I'm surrounded by 20 Mormon missionaries that are going to Italy for two years. They're all wearing white shirts, black ties, elder so-and-so. And the plane takes off, and I open my Bible, and I start reading my Bible. The Mormon missionary next to me opens his big Book of Mormon, and we got into it for hours. And I explained to him, I don't think Mormonism is Christianity. The Bible teaches there's one God. Mormonism teaches there's thousands of gods. The Bible teaches God has always been God. Mormons believe God became God on another planet. And you can become God too if you're a good Mormon. That's not in the Bible. We had this long, deep talk. And the young man says to me, my dad's an evangelical Christian, and he begged me not to come on this trip. Well, the Mormon leader is seeing what's going on from a distance, and he comes over and he gets the young man up, and, and he sits down next to me for the rest of the trip. Hello! It was kind of awkward. But, you know, pray for those Mormons. And as people say, oh, but Mormons, okay, what they do with Jesus is wrong, but everything else is so family-centered and so moral. Oh, and to me, that's like saying, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? If, if what they do with Jesus is wrong, it's horrible. Satan has his, his religious missionaries, his religious apostles. Satan has his cultural apostles. Again, I think of Oprah. I've quoted this before. Oprah said on one of her shows, I'm so glad she's off the air, I used to believe Jesus came to earth to die for our sins. She was raised Baptist. Now I believe Jesus came to earth to get us in touch with our own inner Christ consciousness. In other words, we're all the Christ now, according to New Age Oprah. Satan has his apostles. Next thing the Bible teaches about Satan. Satan is and will be defeated. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of sin, broke the power of the devil, and if you trust in Christ, your sins are forgiven, you are freed from the devil. And you might say, well, if Satan is defeated, why does he have so much power in the world? Well, the answer is, he's not totally defeated. 
That won't happen until the second coming of Christ when Jesus returns in the clouds and wipes out Satan and his followers. But to a degree, right now, Satan is defeated in your life. And it's, it's kind of like this. On January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing all the slaves, north and south. Now, in 1863, were the slaves free? Well, technically and legally, they were. But it took two more years of fighting for them to become actually free. When Jesus died on the cross, he defeated the devil. Satan is defeated for all believers. Now, is he totally, completely defeated? No, that, that'll take some more fighting for us until the second coming happens, then it happens totally. Next thing the Bible says about Satan, Christians overcome Satan's accusations by the blood of the Lamb. Listen to the verse from Revelation 12. The accuser of our brethren, the devil, has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, that means Christ's death on the cross, and by the word of their testimony. You know, periodically, here, here's a young man that comes into the office and you know, Pastor Brock, I'm not sure I'm saved. I don't witness the way I should. I don't do this, and I've committed these sins. And, and we talked, and I, I said, if you look at yourself, you'll never know if you're saved. But if you look to the cross, you look to what Jesus did for you on the cross, that's where you'll get the assurance of your salvation. And, and I said, I think, what I've said on this show many times, every time you sin, you immediately do three things. Number one, you immediately confess it. God, that was wrong. Number two, immediately you put it under the blood. In other words, God, I believe Jesus died for this sin by his sacrificial death. My sins have been paid for. I'm forgiven. And then number three, you forget about it. You confess it, you put it under the blood, and you forgive yourself. You move on and you forget about it. Because the way we overcome Satan, according to Revelation there, is by the blood of the Lamb. That whenever you sin, you turn to the blood of the Lamb. He forgives you. You get up and you keep moving. Next thing the Bible says about the devil, Satan flees when Christians resist. It says in James 4, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a promise. So when Satan whispers in your ear, go ahead and sin, you've got to do this. You've had this sin problem all your life. You can't stop. You, I belong, you belong to me in this area, et cetera, et cetera. Then you, you respond, no, wait a minute, Satan. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Satan, that's a lie. I'm a new creature in Christ. I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me. I don't have to sin. And when you resist the devil, you win. When you start believing what he's whispering, that's when you fall. Which leads to the next one. Christians win when they put on the armor. I've memorized uh, part of Ephesians chapter 6, and I do this regularly. It's a good thing to do in the morning. I put on the armor of God. God, I gird my loins with truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, and I'm righteous in Christ. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. She's me to share you with other people today. I take up the shield of faith with which I can quench the flaming darts of the evil one. I take the helmet of salvation that I am saved. I take the sword of the Spirit, which is your word, the word of God. I read the Bible. And when you put on the armor of God, that's the way, according to Ephesians 6, you defeat the devil. Pray on, you know, the old hymn. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Put on the gospel armor. Each piece put on with prayer. And, and, and pray on the armor. R look at Ephesians 6 tonight. Last teaching on the devil. Satan will suffer eternally. 
The book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 10, says that Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire where he will be tormented day and night forever and ever. You know, some people think Satan is in hell right now. Satan is not in hell. He's roaming the earth. He'll won't be, he won't be put in hell until the end of time at the second coming. And, you know, some people think Satan's going to run hell. It never says that in the Bible. I think he'll be on the lowest rung in hell for all he's done. Well, that is the teaching of the New Testament on the devil. And what I want to urge you in closing here on this part is just to say this. If you've never come to God and said, God, I am a sinner, I need Jesus. I do believe he died on the cross to pay for my sins and that he rose from the dead. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, forgive my sins. I'm putting my trust in you. If you've never done that, I urge you to accept Christ Put your trust in him. Join a good church where they, where they teach the Bible. Because believe me, you don't want to go and follow the devil and end up with him for all eternity. You want to spend all eternity with Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. I'd encourage you if you have questions that you'd like Pastor Brock to uh, answer to please send them to our website which will come up at the end of the program and we'd be glad to take and answer those questions at a future date. Today, let's talk a little bit more about the devil and Satan. Where did the idea come from that Satan has horns, a tail, and a pitchfork? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I think more of that is medieval mythology. It's nowhere in the Bible. Uh, if you go to Europe and you go into some of the cathedrals and some of these 800-year-old paintings, the devil looks like the devil, you know, horns, and he looks horrible. Now, is it possible? that the devil actually appeared to some people and he appeared that a number of ways, times, and that's the way he looked. I guess it's possible, but you don't want to add anything to scripture. So I think we just got to say some of that's more medieval legend than biblical. Michelangelo's famous painting does have sure like does. the little red Oh, he, he's got the guys down in hell being tormented by demons. Yeah, you bet. Okay, <coughs> so are non-Christian religions from the devil? Well, you know, here, let's say Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, you know, the world religions. The answer is yes and no. Almost every world religion has the Ten Commandments in it. Uh, most religions say don't kill, don't commit adultery. So as far as moral truths, there is that kind of truth in non-Christian religions. However, the way of salvation is only in the Christian faith. According to Jesus himself, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, period. So you're not going to be saved through Islam, through Hinduism, Buddhism, etc. So in that sense, I think they are from the devil because they offer a false way of salvation. 
Okay, Pastor Brock, where exactly did the demons come from? Because, I mean, you're not saying the devil and demons are the same. No, Satan is the chief enemy, and there are all these things called demons, too. That's, those are the things Jesus was casting out mm -hmm. of kids and adults. And where did they come from? You know, some of this is a mystery, Jackie. The, but the Bible does talk about fallen angels, angels that rebelled against God, and God then judged them, and he will judge them on the last day. I think it's a safe assumption to say that the demons are the fallen angels. But, you know, some of this is not super clearly spelled out in the Bible. In fact, like I said, where did the devil come from? Well, we know he's not eternal. He's finite. God created everything, so in a sense, God created the devil. Uh, but how did the devil exactly come to be the devil? There's no clear explanation for that. Again, the theory is that he, he was created a good angel and fell and became the devil. I think that's a good theory, but is there a clear Bible passage that teaches some of this stuff? Some of this we just got to say only the Lord knows. Yeah, you know, we take it so for granted. We believe there's a heaven and there's a hell, but it's really difficult for even me as a Christian to grasp where the devil came from or, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah, and again, the devil is not in hell yet. People think the devil is down in hell running hell. Never says he's there. He will, he'll be there in the last day. But he, right now he's roaming to and fro about the earth. Okay, Pastor Brock, what, how does a person know if something is a demon? Mm -hmm. I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing somebody say, you got to try to determine if your problem is... Uh, five foot twelve or five foot eleven or eleven foot five meaning is it me is this my flesh or is it really supernatural is it a demon i mean and jackie when i mean for instance i remember hearing people trying to cast the demon of nicotine out of somebody like if you did that you, you'd stop smoking and if demons are behind that and and i think no we all have sin problems those are not demons Demons are supernatural beings that can actually possess a person. That's different than me having a problem with, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so how do you know if it's a demon versus just a sin habit? If you're having, I mean, if, look at the New Testament. Demons were throwing people into convulsions. Demons were giving people supernatural knowledge. Remember the book of Acts, the little girl could tell fortunes because she had a demon inside of her. So if there's supernatural weirdness going on in your life, that would make me wonder, do I have a demon? I think we'll have to talk about demons a little bit more because I have some other questions okay. about that, whether it is or not. Yeah. Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.